essentially she got up the jumper cables and <laughs> yeah. and she's like remember come on come on you son of a bitch try now <laughs> no <laughs> okay let's go again all right try it now <laughs> no nothing all right that's literally what happens here all right try it now vroom vroom <laughs> hooray your silver bolt too much energy Is one of them a squid? Titor, what have you done? Blah, 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 Beast Wars once and for all. (laughs) It's like, throw her into the compactor. (laughs) Well, you don't need this anymore. Why do you always talk to yourself? I simply have a pension for intelligent conversation. Yeah, Say Galavar! No! Say Galavar! <laughs> no! to Too Much Energon, the podcast where we talk about Beast Wars shit and talk shit about Beast Wars. I am one of your hosts, NeoCal. And I am your other host, Christopher Siege. Christopher Siege, Too Much Energon 59. Episode 59 of Too Much Energon. That means we are one episode away from episode 60 of Too Much Energon. Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> no. When we when we started this shit. <laughs> nope. Oh I man. Cannot. I yeah. Cannot. Yeah, almost 60 episodes of the podcast now. Crazy. Craziness. Keeps going forever. Keeps going and you going. You better believe it, brother. <laughs> uh what's going on? What's going on, Cal? What's been uh what's been happening in the old uh uh the old satellite studio of Lasercomb HQ, if you will. And by that, I mean Cal's house. Yeah, um, it's very big. Um, maybe listeners of the show, uh, all five of you, will notice that I'm less echoey, less, less verb. I just flat out moved my recording studio into the fucking giant ass living room. Uh, but then there's this lighting problem. So yeah, out, of a- the, out of the... Fire pan and into the stove. I I don't I don't. Two <laughs> steps forward yeah. and one step back. I'm Video. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure YouTube's copyright cops will be like copyright strike. You were singing a song. How dare you? <laughs> you were singing a licensed song. Uh, believe it or not, uh, this is the best video Christopher Siege and I could come up with after half an hour of fucking around. It was. My webcam was haunted. Uh, holy cow, is it bad? VHS flickering, and not like the cool, like purposeful digital editing way. And like the wow, we can't watch 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> yeah, it was he. He was pretty uh, Blair Witch. Blair Witch Project. It was haunted, and um, that is going to change next well, time. For, he's... for the purposes of this show, it's not a big deal because I no. see the views, I see the downloads. Lots of people download and listen to this show in audio format. Very few people watch it. Oh, well then. 
good for me. <laughs> so, so I'm I, I I'm none too uh, I'm none too concerned about the. Can you imagine following us for sixty episodes? No, fifty eight episodes, and this 15. is the first. 15 well oh yeah, yeah and this is the first, this, yeah. and this is the first video one they watch and they're like what the fuck are these guys doing <laughs> like look, look at this guy's commander shepherd and the other guy's hulk hogan why <laughs> one guy's wearing a uh one guy's wearing a mass effect hoodie with like far cry blood dragon background the other guy is like wearing a wrestling shirt a bandana and fucking 3d glasses for some reason <laughs> who are these rotundos helps you see the world better in 3d yeah in how all, does my hat say in all three i don't know Alternate speaking of future. beast machines <laughs> speaking of alternate futures alternate futures um Today, I was able to a uh, little off, little off topic, but kind of related. It's uh, relevant to 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 Beast Wars and slash Beast Machines as a property. Uh, today, Hasbro officially unveiled the uh, War for Cybertron Terrorsaur figure. Goddamn right. It's part of a. It's not part of the War for Cybertron Kingdom line. It's part of like some like Amazon exclusive War for Cybertron Golden Disc collection. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They, oh, they the Amazon exclusive ones. Yeah. 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 It's like this Golden Disc collection. It's comprised of like four different figures. The first one was a two pack of a couple of Autobots. The second one was another two pack of a couple of Autobots. You can tell how interested I was. Uh, the third one revealed yesterday was a uh, mutant version of Tigatron. And it's based on the... I, I lo actually looked into this. It's based on the original toy colors of Tigatron. Like the, the prototype version of Tigatron. Oh. So he's an orange tiger with like... With like more like... Uh, the, the bits in the show that are green are more like teal. Or, if I had to Google this, what would I... What's the line called? Just... Uh, golden War disc for War for Cybertron Golden Disc Collection, I guess. Um, and he has the mutant head that uh, uh, a lot of that all of the deluxe and up deluxe Mega and Ultra class uh, Beast Wars characters had in the first wave of Beast Wars toys. Oh yeah, yeah, the he's old... like a Bengal tiger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was able to pre-order that guy pretty hyped about that but uh yeah today they they finally unveiled my boy pterosaur i i my, my boy pterosaur the uh the, this like golden disc collection too actually has like a uh, a storyline behind it which i find kind of interesting and apparently if you buy like all of the figures in the set uh you get like the completed story in like like essentially liner notes of the uh, uh of the packaging um but basically the gist of the story is the the quantum surge that happened at the end of or at the beginning of season two of beast wars that turned all of the trans the the beast formers into transmetals uh also caused like rifts in time and space and like created like alternate realities and like yada yada so like 
the this like mutated version of Tigatron is from a uh, another reality that was created from the Quantum Surge that features all of the Maximals and Predacons dying except Tigatron, but Tigatron gets like mutated. Oh, hold up! Everyone <laughs> dies except him. Yeah, in that in that alternate reality, and apparently uh, with today they unveiled Pterosaur, and apparently uh, Pterosaur uh, also survived, and he is like trying to get into like the main timeline or whatever, and like mutated Tigatron is like his right hand man. I know, right? Yeah, that. That's kind of kind of wild. I'd that watch is that. wild. <laughs> I hope. I actually hope they they release a comic book. Yeah, uh, like a tie, comic. Yeah, a comic uh, tying into this because uh, I it like I'm intrigued. But um, so the reason why I found out about this today was uh, I got DM'd by friend of this show and friend of some of our other shows, like our reboot podcast, Alpha Numeric, currently on hiatus. But, uh, and our Shadow Raiders podcast, War Planet, friend of all three of those shows, Cone Killer Confusor, DM'd me today while I was at work on Instagram and was like, hey man, here, here's a link to the, the Amazon listing for, for Terrasaur. Like, pre orders are going fast. And my man, able, <laughs> my man. I was able to to snag one, so I just want to say, uh, uh, me and him chatted for quite a while throughout the day, and uh, yeah, I just want to say uh, thanks, brother, brother, yeah, <laughs> brother, brother. Yeah, I'm. I I have my finger. I, I there's they're still available, and I have my finger over the 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 pre order button. Yeah, when when I. At this point with the the War for Cybertron toys, like, well, they're not coming out until March, but by then, um, I'll pretty much have, like, the entire, like, he'll pretty much round out the entire Season 1 cast, other than Tarantulas and Inferno. Which means I can recreate, I can uh, use my, my War for Cybertron Beast Wars toys to make a better version of season two and season three that doesn't deal with all of the trans metal and trans metal two nonsense. Um, you can make a, uh, a stop motion. I can make a stop motion. <laughs> you can make a stop motion, like, like alternate timeline of season two. two and three. Oh, you know what? Uh, uh, yeah, we've been, like kind of kicking around ideas. And I, I, I know I've talked about this on air, but we've been kicking around ideas of eventually like doing a like Beast Wars like uh role playing campaign. Yeah. Those figures would be great props. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they're just they make up the the set or whatever, but like they'd be fine. It, people are probably yeah, people are uh they're a little big to be actual like grid pieces but they can be representatives yeah yeah they can uh well because in that campaign like they would be npcs so they can just be visual aid visual there you go yeah a visual aid for uh the npc that's talking 
it's like how um you use a a, a table lamp uh for the tarasque in D. &D. is yes there is a tarasque figure but it's like the size of a football and it's like four hundred dollars it's like the um, biggest, most giant, unkillable monster in Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, I was gonna say, uh, let's let's pretend for a moment <laughs> that the uh, the listeners out there have no idea what you're talking about. Just the and they're not Dungeons and Dragon nerds. Yeah, just the listeners, because your co-host definitely knows what you're talking about. One hundred and fifty percent. In D and D, the the biggest of bads, the the kind of you never fight it. It's always just kind of like it, it's a part of a bigger story. Um, the the one I'm Tarasque, it's kind of like the biggest dragon, but it's like a landlocked dragon. Like it, it doesn't fly or anything. It's like a weird bull dragon thing. Terrasculus. Terrorize. <laughs> Terrasculus. Terrorize. And um, what was it though? One of the uh, campaigns that I've read or heard about that people actually used it in, instead of just fighting it to death, which is, it's supposed to be impossible. Uh, they took an evil relic that like couldn't be destroyed, kind of like um, Lord of the Rings kind of thing, right? Like it has to be brought to like Mount Doom or thrown off the edge of the world or launched into the sun or something improbable. And they destroyed this undestroyable evil relic by throwing it into the mouth, climbing it and throwing it into the mouth of the Tarasque and then piecing okay. out forever. That's what the Tarasque is supposed to be. He's supposed to be like um, the unicron of the, <laughs> of the Dungeons and Dragons world. Okay, and he is represented by a lamp. And so the, the one of my favorite jokes is that because no one's going to go and buy like the four or five hundred dollar like like figurine for D and D. And even if you did, the miniatures aren't they're too big compared to what you buy. So every DM that's like bringing in a giant or a colossus or a Tarasque, they just grab like a lamp and put it down, and they go, "There it is." What do you guys do? So I imagine if we ever encounter Unicron <laughs> in this tabletop RPG, um, you're going to need what? A rugby ball? No, he's, well, that's, that's not big enough. Well, I'm definitely not buying that HasLab Unic War for Holy Cybertron shit. Unicron figure that's like a grand. Have we met? We've mentioned that like 20 episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember, but it's, if, it's any, if anyone amazing, if anyone gives a shit enough of a shit about Transformers to be listening <laughs> to the show, they're probably at least passively familiar with the HasLab Unicron figure. It's, yeah, the, things like it's dope as fuck, but it's like a grand and like it, it's just not I no, not not doing it. I can't. I can't. There's so Can't much. Can't even think about it. Can't there's even so, think about it. <laughs> there's so much better things that I could spend a thousand, like drop a thousand dollars, like on, like in one purchase. So many, like more worthwhile things. If we were like rich kids that like never went without, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're never left to want. There we go. Um, then like whatever. But like, man, no. I, yeah. 
I, I was this is like, shall I pay rent or buy Unicron? <laughs> I was, um, I was very like I'd even pre like put a deposit down on it and everything. The War for Cybertron Autobot arc figure, right? I remember being like, "Wow, two hundred fifty dollars!" And like I was like, "You know what? Fucking YOLO! I'm gonna do it." But as like it got closer and closer to the release date, I'm like, "It's two hundred and fifty dollars. The thing is literally like two feet tall. Like where the fuck am I gonna put it? Like it's a lot of money. Like." Uh, that's like um that's like a month's worth of groceries right there or at least a couple of weeks worth of groceries a couple yeah like fuck no i can't i can't do it and so i ended up canceling it and getting can't my deposit back it. no i could i couldn't which i felt like was a uh, a moment of growth for me i'm like 100 okay. i'm like okay yeah this this is me actually like showing restraint ad- being an adult <laughs> To a certain extent. And besides, think of how many uh, actual like figurines that you can enjoy and pose and move around. Because the Ark is a ship, and it's not a main yep. character. And it's it, cool. It does transform. It is a figure. It is a figure, but like we don't know the Ark's personality. Come on. <laughs> right? Like, it's... The thing has never transformed in anything outside of one episode of War for Cybertron Kingdom. And then it never comes up again in the show. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, so, like, even that was too much for me, so, like... Too much, man. Too much. (laughs) Too much Canadian dollars. Later, and we're gonna get into talking about the episode pretty shortly here, but later, early on, um... Uh, Black Arachnia has a line where she's like, uh, it seems like Optimus has been keeping too many secrets. And I actually laughed and said out loud while I was watching the episode earlier, too much secrecy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's, it, you know what? Watching the episode, (laughs) watching the episode, I'm like, that feels a lot like Beast Wars. Like, this is definitely the same character. I don't get the uh, criticism that, like, Beast Machines Primal is very different than uh, Beast yeah. Wars Primal. Um, he did that shit in Beast Wars all the time. All the time. And we know because we fucking reviewed it. <laughs> because we complained about it. There was, <laughs> Especially at the end of Season 2, it's like he like tap dances around information and just like alludes to things without actually like sharing, like telling his troops what's up. And it's like, come on, especially man. when to no detriment to anyone, uh, it yeah. would be no detriment to anyone if he shared. <laughs> so right. like, why dude? Why Optimus? Why? It's because he, it's not just Megatron primal secretly loves being dramatic. And he likes um, um, like dramatic reveals. He wants to see everyone's like reaction all at once. Yeah. He doesn't want to admit, oh, it's because I want you guys to be surprised. What's his reasoning about the arc on Beast Wars? He's like, oh, I... 
I I can't remember. That was something about like, oh, I couldn't the information. Um, I don't know. Like if if I had told you, then it could be possible that the Predacons could have gotten the information from you. Blah blah blah. Bullshit. Listeners, that was like 20 episodes of the podcast ago, so... I can't remember that shit. <laughs> no, neither can I. I'm sure there was a bullshit primal reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of bullshit primal reasons, this is episode 59 of Too Much Energon, and this week we are talking about Beast Machines, uh, episode 8, Revelations, part 2, Descent. It originally aired on November 6th, 1999. The episode opens up with uh, Primal doing some Primal bullshit. Uh, he seems to be having... Uh, it It seems like it's a dream or a vision quest, but he's doing some, like, some, like, Donkey Kong c- country, like, vine swinging, and uh, the, the music that it is playing in this scene is kind of evocative of, like, the music that would play in, like, the forest levels in Donkey Kong. Which really, like, those games weren't that old at this point, so... Oh, I guess not. Yeah. Like, those Donkey Kong Country games were, like, the mid-90s. This is only 99. Uh, I, I can't readily bring them up in my head, but I'll I'll take your word for it. What's each... What's, maybe, he's in maybe the forest? Maybe, maybe I'll throw yeah. uh, <laughs> some music at the end of this episode. That would something. be rad. Um, uh, my partner, um, she really loves those games. <laughs> super loves those games me too uh some of the some of the best super nintendo uh, some of the best games video games period ever made definitely like top 25 at least one of them is top 25 i should go back and uh and play through them like all the way through them why not yeah uh, I... but what happens here there's not a friend there's not there's no barrel of laughs there's no collecting <laughs> bananas <laughs> There's no, there's no DK barrels. There's no, oh, uh, man. there's no oh, ah, 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 getting your little buddy back. There, there's no, there's no, uh, uh, Donkey Kong face balloons to give you an extra life. <laughs> Are they like gold? Uh, they're, they're different colors. The red one gives you one life. The, the blue ones give you two lives and the green ones give you three lives. Oh shit. Yeah. All I, the members I, I, jumping on a it, the 3D effect looked very uh, cartoonic, but real, almost well, like clay. Well, the reason why, and this this was starting to be kind of like, it, I think they pioneered it. Uh, Rare, those games were made by Rare. I think they pioneered it, but it ended up being like common in the mid '90s on the like the later days of the Super Nintendo, uh, and. What they would do is they would render the characters in the background. They would create 3D models, so they wouldn't create sprites, which is how like all like 2D video games were made prior to this. So instead of like building just sprites, they would create 3D models and render those, and then create sprites out of those. That's pretty cool. It, it was revolutionary for the time. Um, and so that's why, like, those games look fantastic, and they have such a unique look to them. They they do. Um, another one that I don't know if it's rare or not. Do you remember Clay Fighters? Yeah, yeah, I remember Clay Fighters. I never played it much, but uh, I think it used the same. I think it used the yeah. same technology. It, it must have. Yeah, that's why I was like, wait, was that rare too? Because it it has that weird 
this looks like real slash cartoon slash clay. And the first time I was blown away by it, I mean, they still look good, like now, um, was when you fight that stupid beaver <laughs> in the first, the first boss. Yeah. He'd like, brown, brown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like a mountain of bananas in the background. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the idea is that the beaver was stealing the uh, the apes and the monkeys bananas. I <laughs> Well, that, that or were was they the... all agents of King K. Rule? King Kroll, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they were working for him. That was the, 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 the whole point of that game was uh, King Kroll, the first game anyway, King Kroll stole um, Donkey Kong's uh, banana stash. Son of a bitch. He had I what's know. coming to him. <laughs> it got more complicated as the series went on, but that was the basic plot of the first game. Anyway, so uh, Gary Primal is swinging through the jungle and... Uh, on some kind of vision quest, uh, sparks are flying around. He's like following one, and they all like a bunch of them like converge into what looks like a giant spark and like become part of it. And I'm yeah. guessing I'm guessing this is supposed to be the Matrix. Yeah, because they're all they're all from it, and they all go back to it. Yeah, uh, but before he can like interact or find out what the his vision quest is trying to reveal to him he like gets grabbed by vines yeah yeah oh yeah and like the the background because so it's like tranquil uh jungle type background and then when he gets grabbed it like switches to cybertron and goes all mechanical dark and and blue even the vines they start to turn uh uh, like uh, mechanical rather Mechanic. than yeah, biological. Yeah. yeah, they turn into like wires grabbing him. And so, then we uh, get, get a good old big old giant Megatron head laughing at him. Yeah. Um, Gary Primal gets woken up. He's like screaming and black arachnia. He, he gets woken up by black arachnia and she's just all like, yo, what's with you? And he gets, he gets all pissed off at them being like, uh, being like, no, I was so close to like connecting with the sparks, like, and they're like, dude, you were you were screaming bloody murder, like we we didn't know what was going on, like, and Gary Primal is like, no, I have to do this. You you must leave me alone, no matter what you hear. Get the fuck out of here. You bother me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I liked that scene because when he's like thrashing in his sleep. Uh, all three of them are kind of on him, uh, except yeah. everyone except um, Night Scream, and he kind of like tosses them off, like in a like a sleep sleepwalking person lashing out, and then he gets mad at them, and it's like, dude, like you're like screaming and like thrashing, like they're trying to help you, bro. Yeah, but yeah, they're like, okay, fine, like be yeah. a be a secluded monk. What do we care? Yeah, and Cheetor is just like, basically like, yeah, whatever. Well, let us know, like, when you need our help. Yeah. And, uh... Bye. Yeah, and this this is the... They're they're walking away, and this is the bit where earlier, a few minutes ago, where I mentioned (laughs) that Black Arachne is basically like, ooh, much secrecy. (laughs) Yeah, and Primal's like, some journeys must be made alone. 
And I'm like, isn't that kind of like the opposite? Like, like isn't isn't the the beast wars kind of feel that sometimes you need help and it's okay? Like that's why the the maximals win. It's because they they they're, help each other. They're team players. God damn it! <laughs> but I mean, to be fair, Gary Primal is going on. He's going on vision quests, trying to reach out to the Sparks in the Matrix. What the fuck can they do to help with that, really? Not wake him up, I guess, so. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I get why they're, like, I get both of their perspectives in this yeah. situation. It's it's an interesting... You wouldn't expect to see this on Transformers. <laughs> right? No. No. Um, uh, so what the heck's happening here? So uh, Cheetor is like, hey, so uh, they, so in the last episode, uh, Black Arachnia was convinced that uh, right. Thrust, Thrust was Silverbolt. She doesn't reveal to them that she thinks he's Silverbolt, but she did mention at the end of the last episode that he is definitely a Maximal and, like, an ally. Ah, right. And, yeah. so, che and so Cheetor is, like... Cheetor starts, like, putting things together, and he's like, oh, well, uh, Megatron wouldn't have... Basically, w Megatron wouldn't have taken just any Maximals and put them into the Viacon Generals. He would have put Maximals that knew us and knew how we thought and knew how we acted. That's that's an interesting take. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, that I don't know if he's right. I think it's more uh Megatron's more perverted than that. I think he just likes the idea of the their friends fighting them. <laughs> personally probably yeah he, yeah he, he's sadistic yeah <laughs> he is he in in beast wars he is a mustachioed villain <laughs> who yes. likes reading shakespeare uh in this he is sadistic and he's he, he he's robot hitler <laughs> Yeah, Space Hitler, as I have called him on Space previous Hitler, episodes. Right. And he would definitely, like, he would definitely relish the irony of having, like, former Maximals, like, say, Silverbolt and Rhinox, be the ones hunting them down. That's my, he, yeah. Even, even if none of them are aware of that, he knows it, and he's loving it. Oh, definitely. So yeah. Cheetor is like, oh, maybe he chose people close to us so they can like tactically like have an advantage. And I'm like, no, man, you're, <laughs> you're giving him way too much credit. Uh, he's doing it because he's bad. He's bad. He bad, man. Uh, it's still a sound. Uh, it is. It's a sound theory. I'm on, digging Cheetor's part. Yeah, no, I, I'm loving Cheetor on this show so far. So yeah, so he is like, okay, so if Megatron can turn our old pals into Viacon generals, why can't we change them back? I'm so so fucking hyped for that. <laughs> yeah. So Cheetor is like, it's time we go on for what for the first time, it's time we go on the offense. Fuck yeah. Fuck I, yeah. I'm digging. I I'm digging this. I'm digging Cheetor this too. Boss man, I I fucking love it. I'm uh 
And uh, for any listeners out there uh, who were really hoping that once we got into Beast Machines and would just be like, ha ha, this show sucks. Um, it's not where we're at. Hey, and, uh, it has many episodes to suck ass. <laughs> right? But it's not. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> May, maybe season two like completely like shits the bed. I don't know. But season we'll one's see. been season one's been great so far but yeah people expected us to just like tear it down man would we review the entire thing if it was just absolutely god-awful i'd i'd go insane (laughs) i mean i like i still would like regardless of what i thought of a show if i committed to it if i was like like say for instance on our reboot podcast alphanumeric yeah. yeah, if we committed to doing every episode of the Guardian Code, even though I don't like that show, for the sake of completion, uh, being a completionist, I still would do it. I would one hundred. Yeah, yeah, uh, I would too. Now, now that you you talk about like, well, for the sake of like wrapping things up, yeah, I get that. Yeah, but would people enjoy listening to like what episode of? be eight would people like listening to just eight episodes in a row talking maybe actually maybe yeah yeah Yeah, why not hey riff tracks are a thing yeah Uh, so hey if you're disappointed we're not ripping beast machines apart and you're listening to this um we have another show where we review reboot and uh keep your ears peeled (laughs) uh yeah yeah also, um, to anyone who, like, if you're still listening to this, even though you don't like Beast Machines, but you're still listening to this because you like hearing us talk uh, about these shows, for one, thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah. But two, I would hope that our overall enthusiasm for Beast Machines for the past, like, several episodes, I hope at least somewhat it encourages someone to at least, like, maybe go back and watch a few episodes and like be like okay like go back go back and try and look at it from a fresh perspective because i think there is a lot of really good stuff going on in this show i I think there's a lot of really good things and again the show is not without faults holy hell have we talked about how much we hate certain how (laughs) certain uh maximals look uh certain hairstyles of winged rodents and uh certain robot forms of other rodents with uh but when you wings go on their ankles <laughs> oh right his fucking robot form is fuck wings i hate on his... i fuck i hate night screams robot form <laughs> jesus christ yeah and oh it's like he throws that vampire mouth yeah yeah thing mouth, it's, mouth it's, taser. Creepy. <laughs> it's, it's creepy um and his, like his tooth taser um but the show's like Go in like I never watched Beast Machines until now, uh, as the anybody following us would know. And going yeah. in with no like context and no expectations, I am like shocked at how good it is. Um, you need to be like, hey, you're not going to get any scenic jungle scenes, 
right? With cats like running through the jungle or snowy like mountaintop scenes like from Beast Wars, right? Yeah. Um, the, the level design is bleak. Very much so. It's dark. It's everything's metal. It's bleak. Every episode you fight <laughs> via cons. But there's so much character growth and development. Like, I think it's really brave that they gave Rat Trap no weapons. He's just like uh, a hacker boy on wheels. <laughs> and no legs, for that matter. And and no legs. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go back and, and give it a shot. Obviously, you, you're going to compare it to like Beast Wars and everything, but just take, take it for what it is, you know? And uh, remember that this was when Matrix was hot. <laughs> Hacking was hot. Um, dot com bubbles were, were crashing <laughs> even um, rat trap even makes a uh like command.com joke in this episode and like techno music was really in in the late 90s and yeah the, the show is very much a product just like beast wars was a product of like the mid 90s like beast machines is a product of the late 90s yeah, and, and if you you go in being like okay like put on your glasses right like put on your like leather or pleather like trench coat and think of primal as morpheus and cheetor as neo and you're gonna have a great time <laughs> anyway speaking of having a good time oh right their their plan yeah what they what split up plan exactly they, they split up so they 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 the chit they chit chat um cheetor says okay uh night scream um you're gonna go with black arachnia and rat traps with me. Rat trap and I will go and tackle uh, Tankor. And you guys, I don't know, go after Thrust or something. And Black Arachnia is like, oh yeah, Thrust, yeah, I can totally do that. Oh no, I yeah, got that. yeah. 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 <laughs> um, uh, it's worth mentioning that uh, just prior to all of this, I, I just remembered that. Um, there was some bickering going on because Black, was, Ara yeah. Black Arachnia wanted to go after Thrust and uh, Cheetor is like, no, we're going after Tankor. And Black Arachnia is like, no, but I think we should go after Thrust. Yeah. Why, like, why are we going after Tankor? And like Cheetor mentions that Tankor is like the biggest, the slowest and the dumbest. He'll be the easiest, easiest to trick. He'll be the easiest one to trap and subdue, which and but Black Arachnia is like, but Cheetor, and he's like, listen, I'm in charge here, lady. This is what we're doing. Yeah. He's laying down the law. Don't make me smack you with the tail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I can't remember she socially, if it's her socially manipulating, but it's just like, well, what if we provide a distraction of the other two and you get Tankor? And it's like, hmm, that actually makes a lot of sense. Okay, you two go create a distraction. It, We're going to go and isolate Tankor. Yeah, and I don't know, you guys like go and deal with Thrust. Blow or... some shit up and attract Thrust and... Um, Thrust uh, or whoever. <laughs> Thrust the, or Jetstorm. Jetstorm, yeah. Just keep the others off our back while we get the Tankor. Yeah. And uh, indeed, um, Night Scream and Black Arachnia find. 
uh, Jet Storm and uh, Thrust and, pretty quickly. And, and Thrust, yeah. And Black Arachnia starts like talking to Thrust, and Thrust is all like he basically thinks that she's just like trying to trick him and like trying to distract him. There's internal conflict because like he's racing towards her, but he like stops on a dime when he could have just ran her over. Yeah. Right. He could just shoot her. So there's some, there's parts of him that are like, no, fuck this lady. But like this, he knows, he knows something else is there. Yeah, he he's not sure about what's going on. Oh, indeed. Like when she's getting through to him, Night Scream, keep in mind, Black Arachne has hid from the other Maximals that she thinks Thrust is Silverbolt. Yeah. <laughs> um, thinking he's helping when Black Arachne is getting through to Thrust, Night Scream comes out of nowhere and he, he's like, don't worry, I'm here to help. And like tackles and like knocks knocks thrust to the ground and so yeah, of course right. thrust is like oh i knew i couldn't trust you yeah right after black arachnia was was just like no it's not a trap i swears i i, I pinky swears it's not a trap and the <laughs> night screams like get fucked haha <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh, you walked right into our trap <laughs> night screams like a good one black arachnia and it's just like oh, oh man you, bro you please dumb child and uh night scream and jet storm have this like big, oh they like, fly chase. off to... they, they they fly off they have this big chase sequence night scream ends up taking him out with his like vampire bite or whatever eventually yeah at some at some point in this yeah at some point uh yeah. but where oh cheetor rat trap they are at a facility that looks like they make a lot of steel girders and pipes. <laughs> but there's a whole bunch of other tank <laughs> vehicles, and right. um, they're like doing manual labor, as robots seem to do on this planet. Yeah, I, I and, like uh, how Tankor is like the foreman. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I like how he keeps saying, "Tank bots go faster." That's what a foreman do, does, right? Tank bots go faster. He's like, he's like getting progressively like more frustrated. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you're in control of them. Yeah. Like they're they're only going as fast as as you they have no autonomy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You are you are directly control. They have no free will. You are directly controlling what they do. How they do it and how and quickly how fast they do they it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know what? Now that you pointed that out, like I didn't think of that watching this. Now that you point that out, that is way more. That's a way funnier scene to me. <laughs> Him just screaming at essentially himself. Yeah, <laughs> for them to work faster. I feel like the writers knew that too, and like this is Kudos. just a test, just a testament to how dumb Tankor is. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm jiving with it. Uh, and I was just talking about how how brave it was that they uh, gave Rat Trap no weapons. Well, fuck me, because he throws a bomb at Tankor. Well, he could have that. He could have made one. It was a plot point in previous episodes that he doesn't have weapons. Like he doesn't have onboard weaponry on board, like the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, maybe he made this bomb, and he throws he throws a little bomb at uh, Tankor with his tail. 
I mean, remember in Beast Wars, he he straight up said that he was a de- demolitions expert. That's why I liked that. And it often he that is proven throughout the series. So it's cool that he still has his bombs. Yeah, he still you knows know like he still knows how to make explosives. Yeah, so you're goddamn right. So I I liked that. Yeah. And I don't know what they're expecting because they throw the bomb at Tankor. He falls over. He gets up and he goes, Tankor, kill Maximals. And there's this camera shot where it zooms in on Sheetor and Rat Trap's animal, their their, uh, animal form mode. And they like get super surprised and they comically whip around and stare at each other in their mouths. (laughs) Fly open. Yeah. Their mouths just go agape. Where is that in the video? I want to see that. It's 802, and it it makes a pretty good uh, wallpaper. I'm going to screenshot it myself. It's so, like, what did they expect? (laughs) To incapacitate Tankor in one shot? I mean, yeah. (laughs) The camera (laughs) and the music. I'm saving that. Uh, yeah, that, that that might be the show art for this episode. We'll see. We'll find out. So, yeah. uh... So they, there's a chase scene. Yeah, yeah there's a Which chase is what scene. they want. And they, they um, wanted this. So one thing I will say about the show is that the, um... Well, one, and to levy a criticism about the show, is that so many fucking chase scenes. Maximal is constantly running from Viacons. Um, yeah, and they're not very interesting. Like they kind of just fill time. Yeah, it's the equivalent of um, peaceful flute music and walking through the jungle in, <laughs> in in Beast Wars. Not even though, because like those scenes in Beast Wars usually had uh, uh, expository dialogue between the characters, or just dialogue that develops you know what? the characters. Th- they're it doesn't feel like there's a lot of filler in Beast Wars. I'll give it that. But every episode, there's even if it's just 20 seconds, 15 seconds, it's very it it wraps around conflict. Yeah. Right. Whereas, like you said, there, yeah, there's lots of uh gunfights and conflict in Beast Wars, but the there's lots no of filler. behind rocks. But, but I don't there's no filler. <laughs> so I'll give I'll give that one to Beast Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the character stuff that uh, that really really makes Beast Machines great. Very much. But, but the action sequences are kind of just feel like they're filling time. Absolutely. Yeah. In my opinion, I yeah. I, I could have. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> um, yeah. So Black Arachne and Thrust are like continuing their dialogue with one another. Like Thrust is still suspicious of her. But she's like telling him like, oh, you know, you're one of us. Or like, uh, you should re- be able to remember or whatever. And he's like, you're telling me I was one of you. Why can't I remember? Disgusting. And, <laughs> and then she does this thing that I didn't know she could do. She's like, here, let me give you more power to fight Megatron's control. And then she basically like cyber venoms him, but the cyber venom, like instead of hurting him, juices him up. I thought that she was giving her some of her like onboard um, energon. Yeah. 
Right? Yeah, I don't know. Right? Something. I, uh, we've never heard like we've that. never seen them do anything like this. No. <laughs> uh so back with uh Cheetor and Rat Trap dealing with the tank drones. It's just more like fighty bullshit. Uh Cheetor yeah. transforms and like he gets the upper hand over the like oodles of tank drones by like he jumps on top of one of them and I think like spins around its turret and makes it shoot all the oh, other right. ones. That's a yeah. very that is a very oh, I'm trying to think of that when the first time I saw that trope where you get behind somebody or you, you jump on a vehicle or a turret or whatever and you'd like use it on on uh the their own troops uh i can't I, think of an example but it feels like that's that that was a thing i f i feel like uh rambo maybe did that rambo must have done that right that sounds like a rambo thing it feels like a rambo thing yeah <laughs> so <laughs> uh yeah so what's going on here this episode uh there's some hacking of the machine like there's a giant what is rat trap doing he's he's hacking something with his tail it seems to be a bridge or he basically uses part of like what i thought were arches right but when he hacks into like part of the building, he can move the arch. I don't know what it is. I, it's not a crane or anything. And he uses it like a golf club to smack tank. It's huge, by the way. He uses it like a golf club to smack Tankor. And it's anyone familiar with Pokemon. It's like a team rocket moment. Like literally like Cheetor puts his hands like above his eyes as if to shield the sun. By the way, no sun here. <laughs> And uh, Cheetor, um, in a very, I thought it was funny, but it's it's usually not a Cheetor line. It's usually a rat trap joke. He's like, oh, um, Pop, fly over to left field. He's going. He's going. He's gone. Yeah. Or like uh, maybe a Beast Wars Cheetor kind of line. Definitely That's not. a Beast. Definitely not Beast Machines Cheetor, who is a lot more grounded and uh serious Ooh. business yeah that, that's why i was like huh no, it's, it's, it's a kid show there's a little bit of a little bit of a wow nice thighs cheetor <laughs> i think really liked animating cheetor by the way like moving it uh, and uh the silhouette and the, again you you can't really describe it <laughs> over audio um yeah. but the show looks and moves great so it's here, experimental, but uh, here's the scene that I, I alluded or that I mentioned earlier with uh, Night Scream taking Jetstorm out with like his like vampire bite thing. Right. He transforms midair and turns around and yeah. Oh, I forgot he lands on his back. Yeah, and it... um. Jet Jet Storm is like, hey, <laughs> it's a cool shot. Uh, it, it's kind of ruined by just how visually unpleasant Night Scream's robot form is. No, it would have been cool if um, he like I don't know, like shot like his nails or something. 
<laughs> it's ruined by how visually unpleasant Nice Cream's form is. I can't word it better than that. That's a good point. I, they could have fixed it by making him like shoot sonic waves out of his mouth that like like act like an EMP, right? Yeah. That would have been less disturbing and would have uh, well, and that he's, is he's a, done that before. I was going to say, that is a move we've seen him do. Yeah. But instead, somewhere along the line, someone was like, you know what would be sweet? If he shot his teeth, including his gums, just out of his fucking mouth. <laughs> like he's like... Like a taser. <laughs> like he's Gabe Logan from Siphon Filter. Pressing the square button to shoot out the taser and tase a guy. And if you keep holding the square button, eventually they will, the dude will start screaming and then just catch fire and die. Oh, I forgot about that. Do you remember that? That's fucked up. Yeah. That was the fucking funniest shit. Oh God. I loved siphon filter. Uh, like, uh, anyone who's been listening to the show knows that I love metal gear. And when metal gear solid came out, there was a huge wave of like stealth action games forgot about siphon filter in like very quickly too like siphon filter came out like a year after metal gear solid and there were a whole bunch of them there was like winback covert operations there was it's one whose name i can never remember but it was two discs and it was on a train uh obviously there was a a splinter cell like there was like there was a massive amount uh just a huge wave of uh Metal Gear games that weren't necessarily like ripping off Metal Gear Solid, but were clearly inspired by it. And yeah. hell, Gabe Logan in Siphon Filter is basically even dressed like Snake. Yeah, he's wearing Siphon a- Filter is its own beast, isn't it? Like it was really good at the time, <laughs> but let me tell you what's not great to go back and try: Siphon Filter. <laughs> Yeah, it's back like half a decade ago, and uh, hmm. Well, it was on the uh, the play it or was it? Yeah, yeah, it was on the the PlayStation Classic. I couldn't remember if it was on there out of the box or if I hacked it and put it. Maybe that's how I played it. Yeah, um, it's uh, yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah, one of the things that you could do in that game was like he was armed with a the character you played at was armed with a taser, and it was one of the uh like not a stun like most people what most people call a taser is actually a stun gun where you like most people think of a taser like a a cattle prod or a stun gun where there's two metal points and when you make contact if yeah a contact yeah a taser is actually like a handheld device that shoots two needles out with cables attached to them at long range and they pierce into a person's skin and then the cables deliver an electrical current that's and with both cables in it creates a full current and sends the electrical current through the whole body which is more effective than a stun gun which just really fucking hurts up close yeah so uh yeah so you were armed with a taser uh by default in siphon filter so at a distance, you could press like the square button. I think the was the attack button. You could press the square button to to shoot out these like ne- the the taser needles, 
and it would as soon as it made contact it would start electrocuting the guy but if you kept just holding down the square button the guy would start like and he's like shaking and trembling and he would just start screaming eventually he'd be like ah and then if you kept holding down like he would eventually just stop screaming and catch fire and then just fall to the ground dead still burning I see that we have two different memories of that. Christopher finds it very hilarious and funny, it's, and I it, found it a little bit tr- traumatizing. It, I was like, holy shit, I'm not doing that again. Even when I went back to Siphon Filter a couple of years ago when I got my PlayStation Classic, which is now dead, rest in peace. Rip in peace. Um, I, I That was one of the first things I did, and I, I, I still fucking giggled my ass off. Well, I liked the flamethrower, so I shouldn't. I'm not one to speak. Arguably, a similar death. <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, Black Arachnia like juices up Thrust so he can uh, remember things, and he actually starts to remember things. And the first thing that he remembers is Transmetal Black Arachnia right. standing in front of him, and so they're they're it's a memory back on Planet Energon. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember this uh, this lush, like, primitive planet, uh, organic. Um, and I remember Cheetor and Rhinox and Prime. Primal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, yeah, they were there, too. But they don't look happy to see me. Hold he, up. Speci- he specifically mentions that they don't look happy to see him. And she's like... Silverbolt, you have to remember. Take note of the fact that he he says they don't look happy to see him. Well, remember, I, I'm not going to say anything, but a few episodes ago, I had thought he was actually someone else. And I'm waiting to see who it ends up being. Who did you think he was? I can't remember. I remember who he is. Um not going to say who it is, but I, I remember who he is. I thought his voice sounded more like... Um, um, well, he is voiced by Jim Burns, the guy who voiced Inferno in Beast Wars. Okay, well, maybe that's... Maybe that's why I think he, he sounded like, <laughs> like Inferno. Mm. But... um. What I had, I had also said, I'm like, I swear to God, if it's Quick Strike, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking crack skulls. Can you imagine how horrified Black Arachnia would be if they like pull him over and like give him his memories back and save him? And he's like, Yeehaw, <laughs> Ladybot, what in tarnation, Sugarbot? What are you doing here, Sugarbot? We're here together at last. <laughs> I, I would. F- I don't know what I do, man. I I could I couldn't handle that. <laughs> well, not going to tell you who it is. Okay. But uh Oh, fuck it. What is it? They're having probably... their Vulcan mind meld and Jetstorm shows up. Yeah. It's kind of like a Vulcan mind meld. <laughs> and they're not happy to see me. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, Jetstorm shows up and in Tigerhawk? Is that you? <laughs> Fuck. 
No, sorry, Jetstorm. I thought transmutate. Or is that you? Can you imagine? And he's like, friend, friend. Oh, <laughs> uh, what is? I don't know. She does some sort of like cyber venom fuckery to try to get Jetstorm. Doesn't work. And yeah, uh, we cut to uh, the. Rat trap like riding Tankor like a like he's at the OK Corral. Yeah. And he uh does this whole R2D2 thing on uh Tankor, sticks his tail into like a port on his back and like starts hacking in. <laughs> yep. Don't and, you think uh, it's t- about time we got connected? And so something weird happens throughout the rest of the episode as it switches to Thrust and Black Arachnia, switches to Jetstorm, Night Scream, switches off to um, Cheetor fighting off like tanks or whatever. I found it mildly annoying, but whenever, because he's getting glimpses of uh, Tankor's memories, right? Rat Trap, yeah. Um, whenever Rat Trap discovers something, he lifts his visor up to talk to Cheetor and the viewer and then scene transitions happen. And then he goes back in, discovers a bit more, opens his visor up, bullshits a little bit. Hey, wait a second. I think, yeah, you know, he was one of us. And he's like, Cheetor was like, so I was right. And then he goes back in and I'm like, just wake him up. (laughs) Well, I, well, he—that's he, what he's trying to do, and he's poking around in Tankor's head, and he's—he's he's seeing. At first, he thinks he's seeing his own memories, and I actually—his own memories. I actually really dig uh, the these scenes here. Um, it Me starts too. off. It starts off with inside the Autobot shuttle, the interior of the the bridge of the Autobot shuttle, uh, while it's in transwarp. And we actually see like all, all of the Transformers in their uh, season three. Yes. Yeah. Now, remember what I said. Now, I I gotta eat some crow here. A uh, little correction of something I said in the <laughs> oh, episode yeah. fifty-one of Too Much Energon because we talked about the fact that hold up, why are they back in their like season one beast forms? And I I'm paraphrasing myself here, but I remember saying, who knows. Is the show ever going to reveal it? Nope. I was wrong. <laughs> it does. I, it this show I explains was it. That it explained it, and um, I was ha- in a good I, way. I, I hap- pleasantly surprised that the show actually explains it. So well, Optimus is optimal Optimus, just as he was at the end of Beast Wars. Uh, Rat Trap is Transmetal Rat Trap. Cheetor is Transmetal Two. Cheetor, like just as they were, yeah, when they left uh, Planet Energon, yeah. Um, and um, well, the ongoing joke on too much energy John is like all of these answers and more won't be all of these questions and more won't be answered <laughs> on too much energy John. Uh, but this one, no, I am pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah, it's uh... and it yeah, all there... it so all yeah, started like... with um, what what happens here? Uh, Megatron was on the outside. Of the shuttle, yeah. So, make uh, the brass tacks of all of the, like all this because it's 
we could spend forever like recapping like each flashback and then rat trap like cutting away and then yeah. like commenting on it so the gist megatron of this, escapes the gist of all warp. of this is like they're in trans warp uh they're it's a pov shot of them like of someone rat trap thinks it's him uh on the bridge uh of the autobot shuttle they're in trans warp they notice like they're, they're dealing with turbulence and they're like oh uh it's megatron he's trying to escape because he's like mm -hmm. strapped dragon megatron is dragontron is strapped to the outside of the autobot shuttle and indeed he does end up escaping by just ripping his restraints off hmm. yeah and, and one it's like I feel like there was something better they could have done. Like, couldn't they have like I'm taken with him, you there? Couldn't they have taken him offline and stored him and like put him in stasis lock? Put him in stasis lock and like uh, store him in the hold underneath the armored flooring, like something. That's what I. That, it's funny that you um, <laughs> were that specific. That's exactly what I was thinking of. I'm like, can't they stasis lock this motherfucker and put him under the floorboards? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. And I understand they just want to show what happened quickly and, and like move on. Oh, here's what happened. He broke free. He fell while they were in transwarp. What amazing a he survived. And what does that entail? He's somewhere else in space and time. Like the, the implications of that is, is scary. Well, and indeed, it appears that because of that, uh, Megatron arrived at Cybertron at a very different point in time than our heroes, because by the time they get there, the Cybertron is shooting at them. Cybertron is shooting at them already. I and wonder. So, so yeah. more more flashbacks, uh, more uh, flash hacks, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're flash hacks. Flash hacks. Some more flashbacks. I'm loving these hacks, man. More flash hacks happen, uh, showing uh, like Optimal Optimus, uh, Cheetor, and uh, Rat Trap. It's Rat Trap, right? Yeah. Because uh, and he's yeah because uh, Rat Trap comments. He's like, wait a minute, if these are my memories, how come I can see myself? Yeah. Um. And so, like, they, they're running from Viacons, and Viacons shoot these, like, canisters that unleash this, like, green gas. And the green gas, like, uh, gets reverts rid of all... them. Reverts them. Gets rid of all the transmetal shit. Uh, puts them back into their, like, season one beast modes. Yeah. So this is the, this is the, the start of the transformation lock virus. So we... some sort of bio-techno-organic... Te um virus right well this isn't techno organic no this is this is the uh like transformation lock virus that they talked about in the first episode that they were afflicted with because we oh okay in, in the first episode when we were first introduced to them like it was it was season one gorilla gorilla man yeah yeah uh, fleeing from vehicons right and so not only did it revert them to their original form it locked them in beast mode it locked them in beast mode Man, and that sucks. <laughs> and then, uh, so I actually read up about this a little bit. Okay. On the Transformers wiki, uh, and it was Bad. just the it was just the wiki page for this episode, so it doesn't really spoil too much. Yeah. 
But the, the transformation lock virus, because the transmetals were transmetals, it reverted all, it, it didn't work as well as it did on all of the other transformers. So it reverted, like it reverted them to their like season one, like beast modes, but they were still alive, like they were still alive, conscious and functional and were able to like move around and escape, but they were stuck in beast mode. Oh, other so characters implication... like other characters like Silverbolt and Rhinox and indeed like all of the like Transformers on Cybertron who weren't Transmetals they were just straight up paralyzed. I was going to say they were probably just paralyzed. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting cuz that's where my mind immediately went. Wait, if it locked them in beast mode and reverted them then everybody that wasn't transmetal or optimal or whichever, how did that fuck them up? So yeah. I was I was thinking, well, wait a second. If that's the same thing that happened to everyone else, but they were still able to move around and fight, then how did it fuck up everyone else? So that's that's a logical well, logical it, piece of information. Well, it, and it kind of makes sense too because the transformation lock virus was de developed by Megatron to deal with Cybertronians. It was designed. Right. It was designed to take out everyone on Cybertron. Like by this point, because who knows how long he's been on the planet, like yeah. putting this plan in motion. Like by this point, like he's probably like, oh, who knows when the fuck the the Maximals are going to show the Maximals that I dealt with on Planet Energon. Who knows and, when they're going to show? And up. they've been altered sometimes multiple times in the case of Primal, and to Cheetor. the point where you. And oh yeah, and she tore to the point where it, it it would be like making trying to make like like medicine for dogs and cats. It it doesn't work because they're different species. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, that that makes sense. I dig it. So uh Rat Trap on his final like uh uh flash deep hack. dive, yeah, flash hack. <laughs> On his final flash hack, he uh, sees a reflection uh, in the the uh, memory of Tankor, and in the reflection uh, is the face of Rhinox, and he figures out that Tankor is Rhinox. Excuse me, I almost sneezed. <laughs> I hate that when you're trying to squelch a sneeze and you just make like a weird face. Yeah, so the, in the flashback... It's our buddy Rhinox. And I already knew this, but like, man, it's still, it still kind of got me earlier. I was like, oh man, Rhinox, that sucks. And like, I, I remembered that Rhinox was, like Tankor was Rhinox. Like, I had I, a pretty suspicious feel. Well, <laughs> I didn't long, say it out loud, but I'm like, he's big. Well, Rhinox is big. If uh, listeners of the show might recall back in, uh -oh. I think it was February when uh, we started talking about the Beast Wars comic book, uh, Cal, you mentioned that you went to a local comic book store and the dude yeah. working there spoiled the Tankor Rhinox thing for you. Yeah. Just completely out of context. Unsolicited. <laughs> and I would not have guessed otherwise and i was like dude i 
What got me is I just told him I was going into it, not having seen it. And, and then just like, out of oh. nowhere, he's like, man, it sucks what they did to Rhinox, him becoming Tankor, right? That's literally. <laughs> like, oh, it sucks that like Rhinox be- became a Predacon. And I'm like, what social graces are you lacking? You're either, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> you're either purposely being a dick, like you're just mean, or you no, or I, you didn't listen to me. It's one through one ear and out the other. Or you're just one of those hyper nerds that needs to talk about something in like great detail and it didn't you don't he didn't value that I was enjoying not knowing all the details. I, I think it was just social ineptitude. <laughs> Honestly, that's yeah. Ne- I, I've I, I've met that guy and like I'm not trying to throw shade at him or no. anything like that, but like he he's kind of an awkward guy. <laughs> so I, I she weren't so fucking awkward, but <laughs> <laughs> so I, her tatter, I, let's get at her. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. it was just uh, a social social ineptitude on his part. I, also, I do understand that some people they don't give a shit about any spoilers for anything, and some people will like punch you if you spoil something that they've really looking forward to i've talked about this before generally i'm a person who doesn't care about spoilers because like for me it's about the journey (laughs) it's about the story and like how we get there yes the journey uh i i my enjoyment isn't necessarily derived by like being needing to be surprised right yeah and some people are super hyper vigilant about it. And I'm always kind of like, ah, oh, come on, man. Like, don't. But I'm I'm gonna hold a gun to anybody <laughs> that well, accidentally Well, and spoiler culture, up. this this is a bit of a tangent here, but like spoiler culture is something that has been annoying me uh over the past couple of years because of how much it's ramping up. Like it's getting to the point now where like people are considering like literally anything in a trailer a spoiler and it's like like come on you 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 remember movie trailers in the 70s and 80s they would literally tell you the entire plot of the a voiceover guy would tell you the the entire plot of the film now anisa and i just watched a trailer for um an anime right and we looked at each other and we were like i i kind of feel like we we just got a quick summary of the entire season like I, I think the, good. <laughs> I think it was the the trailer for uh, RoboCop. It it had just like a bunch of random shots of RoboCop doing things, and it's like throughout the entire movie. And it's like, and like there's a voiceover guy that's like, police officer Alex J. Murphy, beloved husband and family man, is gunned down by Clarence Bodiger. Then he is resurrected as RoboCop. Now him and his partner must seek revenge for his death as he tries to remember and also deal with corruption in the villainous corporation that is controlling OCP, uh, or that is controlling Detroit, OCP. And also Clarence Boddicker is working for the uh, vice president of OCP. Like the trailer just like gives you beat for beat. The voiceover guy gives just you beat tells for beat. You the tells plot you the, of the, the movie. The entire plot <laughs> of the movie. Yeah. And, uh, and like, I'm also fine with that, but like people nowadays who like flip out even over like 
literally anything in a trailer. It's like, guys, can you imagine like can you imagine movie? being alive in the 90s? Can you imagine like seeing movie trailers back then? You'd be Is such a thing even possible. <laughs> you'd be like I didn't know that people were upset about trailers. Oh yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, which but, Okay, then don't watch them. I I don't know, like when Game of Thrones comes out, I don't go on Facebook. But I mean, what the fuck am I missing on Facebook anyway? <laughs> right? So like when there's a season going on there and I haven't watched the newest episode, I avoid Facebook, but like my I, thing with movies is and like I like I said, like spoil like things being sp- spoiled for me, like it doesn't really matter, but like I try to be respectful of other people not being really into spoilers. But yeah. the way I've always looked at it is anything in the first act of a movie is fair game. Cause that's like the first 20 or 25 minutes that, that is, that is the set that is setting up the plot up to the inciting the setup that dr- actually like sets the plot going. So it's- Anything in the first act of a movie, I think that's fair. It is fair game. Well, not only like, is it especially the setup, when you're like trying to explain to someone yeah, what, why they should go see a movie, why they should go see it, and what the movie's even about. Like, you kind of need to talk about something. People have different levels of what is a spoiler, and somebody was like, "Okay, well, sell me on this book," and I was like, "Okay, let me think for a second. Well, they're like this, and like he needs to do this, and like this. And the person was like, oh, wait, like, why would you tell me that second part? And I was like, oh, that like, you know, like, like this happens or like whatever. Yeah, kind of sounds like it'd be a surprise. Well, I don't know, man. Go and read the back of the fucking book. Don't. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, Christ. Anyway. Anyway, uh, it was that it was it was actually Ready Player One the first year it was out. Oh, okay. And I think the the this is definitely not a spoiler, but the guy was like, dude. Um, it was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And like the main character goes to public school by like going into like VR, like a, a school, and dude, because spoilers. it's like parent. It's like, and yeah, and it was because, oh, because his parents are dead and like he lives with this like aunt. And so, yeah, he goes to like public school using like a shitty, like free, um, like free to play avatar. (laughs) Yeah. And something in that description was a spoiler, but I'm like, no. Like, if I told you that Legolas was an elf in Lord of the Rings, would you like throw your hands up and be like, dude, I didn't know that they were friends with an elf? Fuck off. <laughs> there there very much are people like that nowadays. Okay. Well, I'm not that bad then. <laughs> I just silently like nodded and I was like, oh, okay. The the guy that uh let me know that Rhinox was a bad guy. Um did, I just did you know did you know that there was this hype show on 25 years ago called Beast Wars? Yeah, you want to know what it's about? It's about two warring factions of Transformers, the descendants of the Autobots and Decepticons who crash land on a planet and discover that there is an excess amount of energon that causes them that the radiation of which causes them to short out and thus they take on beast modes. What the fuck? They they, Dude. they turn into t- animals like what? 
dude spoilers uh yeah but the but the so. show is called beast wars and and the so. trailer for the show has them in their animal forms <laughs> i i don't know if anybody's that bad <laughs> uh anyway so i crawled across the ta- the the table and i punched him right in the chin <laughs> knocked him out no i i just <laughs> i just like kind of like smiled and like nodded and i was like oh yeah i can't wait yeah i'm looking forward to it uh, i i'll talk to you later man because before he starts talking about it more in depth i quickly like was like hey cool talk to you later and, and left <laughs> and a- after you like punched him across the counter you were like ha 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 beast wars once and for all <laughs> blah 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 beast wars once and for all <laughs> and he was like why man (laughs) you're just like too much energon (laughs) and then then i threw a tide pod across the room and ran out like too Uh, much energon well i mean he would look for me (laughs) little too much energon today i believe (laughs) well i mean that would be a guaranteed way he would try to look me up online (laughs) i i yeah, I mean, if not to report you to the police. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's wrap this episode up. Yeah, it it's Rhinox. Yeah, it's Rhinox. It's our boy it's Rhinox, Rhinox, baby. Um, there. While this is going on, there's like a back and forth. Uh, it's flipping back oh, and forth right. between this and um, uh, Jetstorm and or. Uh, Thrust and Black Arachne and Jetstorm. So basically, like Jetstorm, that is an important scene. It, it's very important. Um, so Jetstorm shows up, and uh, this is he, fucked up, man. He accuses Thrust of being a traitor, and uh, Thrust like shoots Black Arachnia, and he's like, "Oh, I was just playing her to get her in close." And Jetstorm's like, he screams oh. at Thrust. He's like, "Then prove it." And yeah. I'm like, whoa, dude. And he gives and he him gives... A, a spark uh, extraction cylinder. Yeah, he's like, he's scary in this. He's like screaming at thrust. Yeah. Do it, roller boy. Don't be a pussy. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, yeah. Jetstorm's a fucking psychopath. Yeah. So and you can tell thrust is kind of like, ooh. He's I don't like, know how I feel about this. Do I do it? Do I? Do I? This is kind of evil, right? Are we? Am I this evil? <laughs> am I this bad of a guy? But like, um, I'm, I'm I'm a bad guy, but I'm not. Am I this bad of a guy? Uh, he seems like he's going to do it, but he gets interrupted because who is it? Nights or is it Night Scream? Or does Black Arachnia like cyber web? Night Scream kind of interrupts and he steals the device, the spark extractor. Um, and then um, beats the shit out of the other two. No, Jetstorm has the spark extractor at one point. What? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Because, like, I, I knew right, that it Jetstorm... falls out of Thrust's hands when night scream is fighting him yeah. jet scream yells adios amigo amiga and, uh, and then laughs and extracts yeah. a spark yeah jet storm uh yeah 
is the one who extracts her spark. Like he fucking does it. Black Arachne is dead, guys. And we even like, see her. He pulls it out of her chest. She collapses limp, not moving. Yeah. And he's laughing, holding up her spark in this machine. And Night Scream screams no. no. He screams into the night. <laughs> no, he lives Black up to Arachnia. his name. No. And I'm like, out of everyone here, you've known Black Arachne for like, what, a week? <laughs> But uh, I don't know, them titties, them spider titties, yeah. they don't lie, man. And them, uh, them hips don't lie. And that's that's the end of the episode, end of part two. So, next time on Beast Machines <laughs> Revelations Part Three Apocalypse. I, I, I always liked those little, like, next time on beast wars teasers yeah for the multi-part episodes they didn't uh do them in beast wars after season one so i'm kind of glad that they're they're back for for beast machines mm-hmm. they're just little snippets yeah spoilers of the next episode if you will <laughs> well kind of but uh and this is something i discovered very early on in beast wars uh most of it's kind of completely out of context and like the context yeah. is different ends up being like different in the episode so yeah they show scenes to make it exciting but they don't tell you the plot yeah it's just like random shots of the of the episode yeah all right so what happened in this one what happened in this one i want to want to get in the get in get into the rating oh yeah what do you think you you go first Uh, before before we get Okay, here on Too Much Energon, whatever we're reviewing, we have a Too Much Energon scale of approval. Or disapproval. <laughs> or depending. disapproval. Uh, it's three three-point scale. Not enough Energon. A sufficient amount of Energon to Too Much Energon. It's basically bad. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Siege, what is... Episode eight, Revelations Part Two, Descent. Um, I feel like I'm uh, becoming kind of a broken record with uh, the ratings of uh, Beast Machines, but uh, it's getting a too much energy on from me, bro. It's getting a too much energy on. Um, uh, it's getting a too much energy on because um, uh, I. I really like Cheetor's plan. I, I love this new like take charge version of Cheetor. I like that Cheetor is actually like wanting to to take the fight to uh fuck yeah uh, to Megatron and the Beacons. Uh I I admire like the lengths they're going to to like try and without even knowing that the the Viacon generals are they're friends they just know that their sparks are former maximals so they're like we we have to we have to try and help them i really appreciate that i like the uh it, it's i do humanizing. like humanizing is that the I, right word <laughs> yeah totally yeah uh, i i i actually do like the the stuff between black arachnia and thrust even though uh it's not probably not going to go the way she wants it to 
Um, the sugar bot. <laughs> I will punch out my monitor <laughs> if it's quick strike. Uh, sorry, you were saying the yeah. the uh, uh, hilarious bit of Tankor uh, yelling at the Viacon drones that he's controlling to go faster. Uh, yeah. And like, like I said, the the writers undoubtedly were aware of that when they wrote that. When I watched this, I was just like, oh, okay, he's being dumb yelling at like mindless things. But I forgot that the generals were put in place so that Megatron um, didn't overheat from trying to control hundreds of vehicles all the time. So they are under their direct control. And when you pointed that out, I'm like, wait. It's even dumber than it is because he's essentially screaming at himself. Yeah. I fucking love that. Uh, I, I love the um, uh, the flash hacks. I love uh, the flash hacks, man. I fucking the, love all the hacking on these shows. The The fact that we actually, like the show is actually filling, starting to fill in the blanks of like what happened between, Absolutely. between them leaving planet Energon to them like, in stuck in beast mode fleeing from beacons at the beginning of the show yes the fact that the show is actually like starting to explain why they were in their season one alt modes yeah this, this is a great episode i i really dig it um and that and cliff that cliffhanger man the cliff dead. like her spark ripped out while jet storm is like maniacally laughing and yeah. even thrust is kind of like like, dude, what the fuck? Like, even yeah. Thrust is, like, not, kind of not okay with that. And that that's fucked up. And just... it. So the episode gives you answers, but it gives you more to speculate. It gives you to speculate, hold up, then, then who's Thrust, right? And it lets you speculate, well, wait a second. How long... Has Megatron been here? Is he like tens of thousands of years old and he's lost all traces of goodness? And he's just been alone and angry and seeping with like I I like it. This is actually one of the better episodes of of Beast Machines. I am giving it too much energon as well. It's no point. We already talked about it. There's no point in summarizing it. It's good. For, all the for, all the reasons you said. For every uh, quest, th this these past couple of episodes actually have been answering uh, quite a few questions in the show, and for every question they're answering, they're raising new ones. And but not in a way. That's sometimes that can be a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes that can be a bad thing. In this way, it's actually a good thing, I think, because it's creating a mystery. Yes. And it's like it's creating answers it's creating questions that i want answers to and i'm actually like having fun like thinking i'm having fun yeah <laughs> the implications of so um and again not the biggest of deals and i gave beast uh, wars some points earlier for having not as much filler as beast machines to give this some points Beast Wars likes to be like, hey, here's this thing. You never see it again and we'll never tell you why. <laughs> yeah. 
or it, it brings up a new conundrum and then never explores it again. And you have to be okay with letting like a dozen things go to, to enjoy Beast Wars. And this is doing the opposite. It's answering things and expanding on the mysteries, like you said. And it, I'm digging it. I like it. All right. I think that probably about does it for uh, episode 59 of Too Much Energon. Uh, best way to support the show, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. Starting at the $5 and up tier, you get hours every week, a bonus preamble audio of us kind of shooting the shit about, you know, whatever. Uh, this week, uh, I talked at length about a job interview that I have coming up. So Job uh, interview? Uh, we talk about pterosaur like a lot <laughs> uh, beast wars masterpiece figures it was like an hour or so of preamble audio so uh go check that out uh that's at the five dollar and up tier we also have a ten dollar tier to twenty five dollar tier the ten dollar tier gets you a weekly news program and a monthly show where we talk about the ongoing uh beast wars comic book which is good yeah it's I'm, we're digging it getting there too much galavar too much galavar uh social media facebook.com slash too much energon or facebook.com slash lasercomb if you want to follow uh any and all the shows that i or both of us are a part of that is the central hub of it uh on twitter you can follow the show at too much energon or you can follow me at lasercomb l-a-z-o-r-c-o-m-b and cal you are neo underscore cal with a k correct Yes, sir. Uh, another way to support the show, whatever uh, platform you're listening to this on, give it a like, give it a subscribe, give it a five-star rating. Anything. Helps us out with discover discoverability. Uh, we'll be back next week with episode 60 of Too Much Energon, where we will be talking about Revelations Part 3, Apocalypse, the third and final <laughs> part. <laughs> Final part uh, for the audio listeners, Cal, like, zoomed in on his face. Uh, uh, the third and final part uh, of this uh, three-part series of episodes. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm excited to be talking about that. And uh, that being said, uh, I think we're going to get out of here. I've been one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. I'm your other host, Neo Cal. And until next week... I am transformed. I too am transformed. Beast Machine.